0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the 201st edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. And this is an impromptu edition of the show. Actually, as a matter of fact, tonight we were supposed to be recording Aaron's show, the year that was. He had something come up. We weren't able to record that. So Kyle Army and I decided we'll just go ahead and record something anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's like when when fucking Ultimate Warrior doesn't show up. By God, let's get Jake the Snake. Yeah, you get so yeah, we need a stand-in. Where's Dwayne
0: Gill? We need Dwayne Gill over here. Christ,
1: that was the worst thing. <laughs> this worst and funniest was Survivor Series '98, and he's like the man, the myth, the legend, Dwayne Gill. <laughs> Let
0: Me, what a
1: what a couple of weeks it's been, man. Pro wrestling, dude. Like yes i i don't, don't understand um it, it's been it's been interesting that we have the debacle that happened at summerslam and then right after we get a dark side of the ring on bash the beach 2000. bro dude it's felt like a very russo-esque Russo-esque booking here lately, man. I mean, let, fuck it. Let's go with the just elf in the room. SummerSlam. <sighs> I understand why people are upset. You booked this as there there was no going to be no interference from anybody outside. But I don't know. I went into SummerSlam and I'm like, Jimmy's going to betray J.A. I've watched wrestling too long to know. <laughs>
0: I think and and it's um and that's what we were gonna talk about, folks. We're gonna talk about because we don't talk about modern wrestling on the show a lot because this is more of an old school wrestling podcast. And I do want to get into that. And 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 I wanna before I say this, I want I always do the before I say this, I want to say this. Kyle and I, and you know, Aaron and Archie and all of us at this show anyway are definitely more keen to be old-school wrestling fans. The modern product is not as, quote-unquote, appealing appealing to us as as it once was, although I think we all, other than Aaron, still watch it um, more in passing than anything else. But I want to say that before I say this. The worst thing about modern pro wrestling? The fans you know, I'm, a, I'm on a I'm on a campaign right now against against toxic modern wrestling fans.
1: It's so stupid. I don't understand how overnight people go from this is the best storyline, the bloodline, which it is. It's honestly one of the best storylines they've had in a long time. But but just because things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. Now, all of a sudden, and I, I, I almost wonder if, if, it's, if it's almost our fault because you think back to WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan was going to be in the main event. Like the fans were able to change Vince, Hunter, whoever, it changed their minds to put Daniel Bryan in. And now people think that if we bitch long enough and loud enough, they're going to change the story. But the problem is that I'm sorry, I love Jay Uso, he's great, but he wasn't winning that fucking title.
0: No, and and the other thing is, and this is where we can go back to Vince Rousseau and the Attitude Era, because I always talk about how the attitude era, when we lived in the attitude era at the time, because it was so different and so fast-paced and like nothing you'd ever seen before in wrestling. At the time, I thought it was cool as shit. I look back on the Attitude Era now and say that it is what ruined the business that I enjoyed. Because, first of all, what was born out of the Attitude Era was a different type of wrestling and a different type of storytelling that now people that are are the age that we were then, now, that's what they know as pro wrestling. So firstly, to what you were saying about the bloodline thing. And also I'll say this about the Cody thing. These modern wrestling fans have no appreciation for the slow burn, long-term storytelling. Nope.
1: Well, and here's the other thing. Like I read and I, and I understand that, like I said, I, am not trying to be that guy. That's that's bad mouthing marks. And then it's like, I read, listen, but I don't have the time to watch. So I a lot of my time is my commutes to work, to my commutes to the shop. I'm listening to stuff. And, of course, I'm going to get their opinions. And a lot of times they bring up good points. And one of the points they brought up was we just saw that Brock is, is leaving till probably Royal Rumble, and everyone is flipping their shit. They're like, oh, I can't believe Brock. It's like, well, how can you miss him if he doesn't go away? Yeah, he's an attraction. There's, a, re- There's a reason why when he hugged Cody... It shook his hand, it meant something.
0: And I don't know if you read this or not or saw that Triple H said this at the scrum thing, but that was not planned. Brock did that all on his own. Cody, Cody said, I didn't know I didn't know it. I didn't know if he was gonna meat hook me or what.
1: But I mean, that's the respect that Cody Rhodes carries. You know, and that's the thing about it. I, I love LA Knight. How he's been able to catch on is amazing, but you know as well as I do. It's already started. People, are, oh, he's just like The Rock. Well, you know what they said about The Rock? He was just like Um He, he was just like Jesse Ventura or he was just like, you know, um
0: it's like that bare naked lady song. It's all been done before. Everything, everything is a copy of something. There was a nature boy before there was Ric Flair. Um Stone Cold Steve Austin. You look at the Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick. It is a direct hybrid of the Sandman and Dr. D. David Schultz.
1: Yep. Exactly. But here's the other thing. how? And I want to ask you this. Truly and honestly, in this day and age, how can you be a heel in pro wrestling? The best heel they have is Dominic Mysterio. Yes. You get booed. But the problem is, perfect example, Paul Heyman comes out and says, they're like, I'm the greatest manager of all time. What about Bobby Heenan? He's dead, and everyone's like, "I can't believe it." And it's like, "No, that's perfect."
0: Yeah, and I mean that's why even though even though he's not necessarily, and he probably is in my top ten favorite modern wrestlers. He's he's not my favorite modern wrestler, but that's why I always give MJF the credit for being a real heel because. He'll literally make a baby cry. You that, know he he doesn't go on he doesn't go on Twitter and talk about you know and act different on Twitter than he does on. And I have a thing about that too. Like people say that oh well there goes K
1: K Fabe got killed a long fucking time ago. We know it. We know what it is. But I'm more concerned about the fact that we're living in a day and age now where on AEW when you have a contract signing between MJF. And Adam Cole. And Adam Cole signs it. The guy in the goddamn front rows. You didn't read it, you fucking moron. (laughs) And, like, fuck, man. We just want logic. And, but, I said, though, it, it, I can understand why people are upset. Like, you told everybody, no member from Bloodlines getting involved in this match on Sunday. And there's ways you could have done it. You could have had it where Roman was pissed that Solo got involved. Or better yet, how about you just have Roman beat Jay? One, two, three. I love Jay to death, but it's the same thing as Ellie Knight, same thing as Punk or any other guy who has made it. Like, you're getting to a point now where you're reaching that level. Like, Jay is at that level. But we've seen what happens when you push something too quick on somebody with Roman.
0: Yeah, and... The, the, um, the, what do I say? I think that, I think that what, what has happened with that story is they know what they want to happen. And I think, I think, and, and I may or may not be wrong. I'm not in the booking meetings, I'm not on the writing team. But I think that they're like their long game is 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 probably whether it's Cody or whoever it is, Roman drops the belt at WrestleMania forty, mm-hmm. and they know what they want to do in between. But it almost seems like they were like, "Shit, we have the perfect plan, but it's just three months to <laughs> we just have like if we if we could just lose three months, you know." And it's like I don't know, I don't know what the answer is because
1: have an off season. Or better yet, you know, honestly, I don't understand why you can't do be like, guess what? For for six months, we're gonna do Raw. Six months, we're gonna do SmackDown, and it's gonna be that's gonna be the show. And then you give the other crew a time off where they can rest and re let. Like, there's ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Roman Reigns is the reason why he has the contract that he has is because man's also battling leukemia. I mean. And people still want to bitch that he's not on, on TV every week. And it's like, he shouldn't be. Right, exactly. But I was trying to explain to my to my nephew, who's big into wrestling. And I was like, dude, back in the territory, you would have, like, Ric Flair. And he would come around, or Harley Race. And he would come around maybe once, twice a year. In your local territory, you would have your guy. Let's say it's Daniel Bryan. He's that guy. Or his his, his big guy is Damien Priest. Like that's his favorite wrestler. He's eight, and you know, so I'm like, imagine Damian Priest where he's booked, and then here comes the champion, and it's a 60 minute match, and oh boy, Damian Priest hit Flair with his finisher move, and as the bells counting down the clock, it's two, one, one, two. Oh, he just fucking missed it. The time ran out. Like Damian Priest or Ric Flair cheats. I I and and. and
0: that's a great that's a great bring up because i thought when roman when they unified the titles and 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 i you have to look at it people don't ever look at it everybody wants it's the scott hall quote it's one of the best quotes of all time everybody wants to call it call it the wrestling business until people start treating it like a business yeah. and and i understand From a business perspective, WWE has television rights contracts with USA and with Fox. And USA wanted a champion on Raw. So that's why they created the World Heavyweight Championship for Seth Rollins. I get it. But what I wish could have ultimately happened was actually what you just brought up. I thought it would have been really sweet. The titles are united. You have one champion. Well, this month... The champion is is he's on raw, so he's gonna be accepting a challenge from the champion on raw, and he'll be on raw for a few months. Or maybe, maybe for April and May, the champ's gonna be on NXT and take challenges from there. And then when in the downtime, like you were talking about regional titles, your intercontinental champion or US champion and your NXT champion are the top people on their brand. Yeah, and the world champion goes from brand to brand.
1: Well, and that was the way it was in the territories. Your your United States champion or regional champion, he would wrestle the world champion, and he would just come up short, where now that title means more. Because our hometown guy could have beat Ric Flair if that son of a bitch didn't cheat, if he didn't, you know, it's just like that. That's the point. Like, SummerSlam, you you walked out going, man, fucking Jay would have had Roman if it just hadn't been for fucking Jimmy. And now I want to watch SmackDown to see what Jimmy's reasons for it were.
0: And I almost, what I kind of hope, it's not going to be that way because of the look on Jimmy's face. What I was kind of hoping, what I was kind of thinking would be a cool layer to that story. Jimmy, why did you cost me the title? Why did you cost me to be the head of the table? And Jimmy saying, "Because I love you, and I don't want you to act, wind up like him."
1: I can see that. That's good. But
0: but I don't know if that's it because he had like the "I've just turned heel" look on his face, you know. And I I, I don't know. I couldn't re- you know you couldn't read into it like what's he supposed to be thinking. But that that I think would have been a would be a cool
1: way to go at it see, and that's the thing. They very well could have had that be the idea, but when you have all this fan backlash, they're quick to sit there and say, oh, fuck, do we, you know, like... Because that's the thing now. Everyone's like, oh, they jumped the shark with this. They jumped the shark with this. I'm going to tell you something. I've been watching pro wrestling for damn near 30 years. And I can tell you I've seen them jump the shark a million times. And... That's the thing. It's storytelling. Yeah, I mean, and here's the other problem: if you're going to sit there and say, "Like we have a great story," from we have a great beginning, middle, and end, and you get to the point where you're like, "Fuck, we still have three months to go," might be time to cut some stuff out, scale it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, what? the le- the
0: legendary stuff, like the people the the stuff that these people would. Would look at is is some of the legendary stuff in the history of wrestling went on for years and years. Example I'll just use a prime example for anybody that's younger that's listening. And again, I know we don't have a lot of younger listeners because we do old school stuff, but Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair's story started at the end of Starcade 83 because Dusty Rhodes showed up at Starcade 83. And said either whether it's Harley Race or Rick Flair, I'd like to respectfully challenge them for the championship. And then Flair wins the title. Did him and Dusty fight immediately? No. You tell little stories, they kind of they kind of encounter each other throughout the year. And then by the end of the year, they have their match at Stark 84. And then well, it was easy with the horsemen because D- Dusty could feud with the other horsemen. But then, I mean, D- for like three and a half years, Dusty and Flair were intertwined. It was Dusty and Flair, Dusty and Flair, Dusty and Flair in the WWF. Hogan and Andre. Look how long that story was. Long term storytelling. You have to. You have to be able to 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 know. You know what I mean? It's sometimes, and even during a long term story, that is good. You might have a little downtime, like we have right now with this one. But you have to think about the long game.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I'm sorry. Guess what? Yes, SummerSlam is your big pay-per-view. But going out of SummerSlam, really, it kind of dies down. I mean, yeah, you have Survivor Series. But really, the fuck does Survivor Series mean at this point? I mean, really. (laughs) You know. It's just another show. Yeah. Between the, the Elimination Chambers and the Money in the Banks and everything else, like it's just... People don't wanna see teams of fives driving to survive because it's like Yeah, okay. Um that's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand why you can't if it was me, I would I would dumb down the pay per views and just show house shows. Say, hey, we're gonna have a premium live event. Oh my god, Roman Reigns is defending his world title at this house show. We're gonna bring you live coverage of it. Yeah. Like when Man, they, the, the Beast in the East with Brock and and uh, whoever. What was it? Was it Kofi? Kofi. Yeah. But we're, the, the problem is that people are too concerned about what's going on backstage and what's going on in front of you. Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine going in and watching Star Wars? and Or watching the next Marvel movie and you you're instead of going like, well, man, fucking fuck Thanos. He dusted half the universe. They're like, I can't believe they booked Thanos to do, you know? Oh, Oh,
0: Oh, I'm going to get back to the fans for a minute because as a star Wars fan and a wrestling fan, I have the unfortunate, the unfortunate burden of being in the, in pools with the most toxic fucking, Fans on the planet, the most hate watching, toxic. If you don't like something, why are you fucking watching it? That's just like the, the, uh, the, the, all right. I like Jim Cornette. I've always been a fan of Jim Cornette. I like Jim Cornette's podcast. Well, I don't listen to Jim Cornette experience anymore because I don't, I don't care to hear him talk about politics and shit, but the drive through where he answers questions. Those shows will be like four and a half hours long. It takes me an hour and a half to listen to it. Cause I only want to hear him talk about the, why does he spend three hours? I know why from a business perspective, it's because that's his, he gets listeners that way because it's, it's all his toxic listeners that want to shit on the modern product.
1: Well, and it's also too, because like I said, when you have like Brian Lass and stuff, we're on YouTube it's, you know, they can Monday morning, they can come back and say, Jim Cornette, you know, rages on politics. And then they have a 15 minute digestible bite for YouTube that people can listen to on their way to work. I mean, that's kind of what WWE is now. Is like, yeah, you can still watch it live, but like a lot of it has to be like the day after. because Oh, people- yeah, I, I don't
0: other than other than um, other than uh, PLEs, I guess we call them now. Other than PLEs, I don't watch anything live anymore. I just let it be over, and then I watch what I want to watch out of the because I don't want. There's what okay. You've got Raw, which is three hours. SmackDown is two hours. NXT is two hours. Dynamite is two hours. I'm 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 up in the air whether I watch that every week or not. I Collision. Watch,
1: I watch Collision just. Because, Collision's two hours because I cannot stand more the young buck and Kenny Omega's style of how because it's tail two shows. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. But it's no, still, no, that's fine. And I'd love to see what the what the 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 viewership is on on both because that's the problem with AEW is you have a serious threat, I'll say, because I think they were smart. Um AEW Fight Forever. They Are now updating like they gave people a chance to learn the game and play it. Now they're putting in a battle royale mode for Stadium Stampede, and it's a multiplayer online. It's brilliant. You've got some smart people back there, and you—how could you not with everyone that's there? But you're letting Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I'm sorry, they shouldn't be management. Yeah, and um, I really think that that was Cody's thing, is Cody didn't want to be management anymore. He set the company up, and he wanted to step away.
0: I think, I think to be perfectly honest with you, and um, uh, by the way, this is my favorite kind of show. I love freeform shit, where we just talk about shit and just go. Um, so don't ever feel bad about cutting me off, because I'm having a blast. But the I think Cody's ultimate... When he left WWE... He envisioned himself back in WWE. Oh, absolutely. I'm that sure. was that was his intention from the very beginning. Whatever he had to do between leaving and coming back, he he did the smart thing in that he was like he was kind of like Drew McIntyre. Okay, I'm I've been released. I'm going to go out and make myself such a star that they have to take me back.
1: Well, and you you heard Vince when he had that podcast with Stone Cold. He talked about Shane. Shane wanting a raise and Vince not giving him one. And he went out and got a bricklaying job where he made more money. And Vince is like, I'm super proud of him. Then he went out and I'm sure I'm sure the conversation had where Vince is like, Cody, it's time for you to come home, pal. You you've proven yourself, and now you're the star that you know you should have been, and I'm proud of you. Come home and let's make you, you know. And if I'm Cody, I'm like, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I mean, uh, he doesn't have to He doesn't have to deal with clown shoes anymore. Yep. He doesn't have to deal with... And and my biggest... That's always been my biggest problem with AEW. AEW, I'm not a huge fan. It's fine. There There are things about it that I'd like. There's people that wrestle there that I enjoy watching. But overall, AEW is just... It's... It it remind it, it. People say it's WCW. It's not necessarily WCW. It's almost more ECW, and the reason I say that is because there's so much potential there, but it's 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 terribly mismanaged.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's because you, again, you have Tony Khan, who again, Tony seems like a hell of a nice guy, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right up front. I will give the man his credit. He has done everything he can to, to iron over, you know, the ill will of the Hart family to allow Owen to be now be honored and respected like he should be. He has done a lot for like John Moxley and he's gone above and beyond. But he's still a mark. Thanks, guys. And because he doesn't know the wrestling business.
0: And- oh yeah, he is. He is. He is absolutely. He's like the, in the history of the business, he's the ultimate money mark. Because he's okay. There's been a lot of money marks over the years, folks, like a Herb Abrams or or somebody like that. That, <coughs> we are so- t- Tony, Tony's like the most successful money mark because his his well, his father, their fortune is, is endless. So he, you know, essentially he's, he's like a guy like Chris Jericho, for example, Chris Jericho in public puts over Tony Khan, but I guarantee you having worked for Vince McMahon, as long as he did, Jericho looks at Tony Khan as a clown shoe. Oh yeah. But he also, and and the minute AEW would go out of business, Jericho would be back in the WWE next Tuesday. Don't let him fool
1: you. Well, see, and that's the thing that's interesting is the problem and the difference is we are watching pretty much what would have happened if Ted Turner had walked into WCW back in 1990 and been like, oh, I own the company, so now I'm going to run it. Yeah. <laughs> so gone out and got somebody, whether if, I, and that's the thing about it, like you had guys like Arnie Anderson, you had these guys who knew what the hell they were talking about he should have gone out and got somebody i'm not saying eric bischoff i'm not saying but someone like that that could have run the fucking company who knew how to deal with pro wrestlers how to deal with
0: that's the most that's the most ironic thing is one of the first people he talked to when he was gonna when he was planning on starting aew was jim Cornette. Jim Cornette has, has highlighted on his podcast that he and Tony had conversations and he told Tony, Tony, these are the kind of things that I would kind of consulting him. And then of course they made, they made Cornette sign an NDA, but, um, that, that was one of the first people he went to. And then essentially the, the gist is Cornette doesn't want to travel or work full time anymore.
1: So, but here's the thing, though. We are living in a day and age where, like, right now, you and I are doing a fucking podcast online.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can just c- and, <laughs> Zoom.
1: And that's the thing. For anybody that wants to bitch and complain, because Jim Cornette is Cornette there, they'll fuck you. Like, the dude's paid his dues. Shouldn't, don't you think that maybe, just maybe, the man deserves to be able to sit in the comfort of his own home and book fucking pro wrestling? <laughs> that's... You know?
0: It's it's totally off base, but you just saying that made me. I saw this news. I thought this thing on the news the other day about how Zoom was calling its workers back to the office, and I was like, "Why the fuck does Zoom have an office?"
1: (laughs) I don't. I don't know. Maybe literally,
0: their whole business is not to have to have an office.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like we, I'm sure you have discovered through your ventures, and I have mine that like you don't really need an office anymore. You can pretty much take care of everything on a laptop, on an iPad. Like, we're in a new day and age. And I understand it's scary, but like...
0: Well, just like... And and, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go into details, but Kyle and I have had to do stuff with paperwork here lately. Mm -hmm. We haven't had to meet in person once. (laughs) You know, you can just do... You can do everything on the internet now.
1: And it's super convenient because then... Because, like I said, I, I'm constantly going. And I'm sure you're the same way. Between the wife and the kids and everything else. Like, it just... I mean, that's where we're at. We are in a point now... And I don't want to talk politics. But we're at a point now where... You have to constantly work and constantly be going to try to survive. So, yeah. It's definitely um, a lot better. But... Like I said, I don't understand. You had people... You had fucking Jake the Snake. You had...
0: Like like oh shit, like you said, Arn Anderson, um, Dean Malenko.
1: You had a man who has for the last 20 years worked directly with the WWE and Vince McMahon. Because that was the thing that I don't I don't know if I if it clicked with me the other day, but it's something with Watching like the the, I don't know. Did you watch the interview with him and Pat McAfee with Vince? Yes. It it really got with me where he was just like, "Look, you know, you could you could be a pro wrestler and you can wrestle in a smoky auditorium, or you can be a WWF superstar, pal." And I'm going to make fucking toys and cartoons. And he was smart because now WWE and UFC are about to merge. And we are at a new a new cusp. What did you think of Shannon Baszler versus Ronda Rousey?
0: I actually enjoyed it.
1: For a match that was I watched that and I said, you know what? If this is what happens in the next 10 to 15 years of pro wrestling, I won't be mad. Right. It was guess it was choreographed, but it looked good. It looked like each person was trying each other was trying to win the match there wasn't a bunch of acrobatics there wasn't a bunch of bullshit that that's going to
0: be that's going to be a, an interesting an interesting layer to pro wrestling now and and MMA with those two companies being under the same <laughs> umbrella it's going to be so much easier for people to go back and forth between the two. You know, if there's a if there's a if there's a fighter that wants to wrestle, or if there's a wrestler that wants to fight, it's going to be so much easier for people to go back and forth between the two the two genres.
1: But not even just that. But it's just like Lesnar. You can have somebody in their younger years go into UFC, come out. You know, if, can you imagine if Conor McGregor? They come out of UFC. He goes in the WWE, and they're able to market behind him and everything how big he'd be. Yeah, and he's already a fucking promo. Well, and that's the thing about it. That's Excuse me. Again, I got back to like I was telling my nephew. I was like, everyone talks about pro wrestling being fake and being fixed and being rigged and everything else. But if you go back and look at the history of it, back with George Hackenschmidt. Like, the reason why they did it was because they're like, why are we beating the fuck out of each other for money when we could work with each other and not put the other one out? You know, I don't need to break your arm. And that's how it started. And now it's become this derogatory statement where I'm glad. I don't like watching UFC because I don't want to see people beat the fuck out of each other.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's how I am about... um um, it's different because I couldn't fight in the UFC. That's not what I'm saying, but that's how I am about like super gory, hardcore wrestling, like mud show bullshit, yep. like guys whacking each other with light tubes and stuff to me. I know there are people that, that think that for some reason, there's some special about that. But you and I could literally smack each other with light tubes.
1: Like, there's no talent
0: involved.
1: No, but it's the New Jack approach. And last word, like, New Jack was one of the smartest workers ever because that motherfucker made you believe he was real. When he walked out there, you never knew he was going to stab his opponent. Right. You know? But the problem is that when everybody's going out and getting smashed with light, light tubes, it's like, okay.
0: And there is a there is a distinct difference, ladies and gentlemen, because people would say, "Well, what about Mick Foley?" There is a there is a thousand times difference between what Mick Foley did and what someone like Ian Rotten does, or or, or Zandig or these fucking CZW guys.
1: Here's the thing: Mick Foley did everything that he did to put over the over other wrestler, not to yeah. really, the a tough guy.
0: Yes, and when he did a spot, it was important, mm-hmm. and it was impactful, and it it was part of a it was part of a story. It wasn't just thirty minutes of. By the time the you're done, the ring looks like a dumpster, you know. Like for instance, my favorite hardcore match ever is Foley and Orton because. Yep. If you watch the match, it is structured where, yes, there are thumbtacks. Yes, there's barbed wire. But everything is there for a reason and to make sense. And the whole purpose of the match was to advance Randy Orton as a character.
1: Well, It's because everyone looked at Randy Orton as a prissy little, you know, good-looking dude. And we're like, you needed to see his dad. You needed to see Bob Orton Jr. in him. And when you had that... And you see him because the first one like when he gets thrown on those thumbtacks, you're like, Yeah, you prissy son of a bitch, and then you're like, Oh well, fuck, this motherfucker's tough, like he's still fighting back. It's
0: best best sell job ever, by the way. When he hits those thumbtacks, and it's like it's like he's being murdered and he can't figure out what the hell is going on, and oh, it's so fun.
1: Well, and, and that was the thing too, because he did the exact same thing for Hunter. Because up until Royal Rumble 2000. That street fight is one of my favorite matches because they single handedly made Triple H that night. Yeah, because he looked aggressive. It was the same thing with like with him and Sean. Mind games in '96. Like he gave Sean that killer side that Sean needed to make people believe. And- oh, and by, by the
0: way, folks, he also made the Rock. Hmm. Um. He also. He also rejuvenated a stagnant undertaker by taking that bump off the helmet. Mick Foley gave so much to so many. And I think that's because he had the perfect role model in emulating Terry Funk.
1: He carried, mind you, 1999 at the height of Steve Austin. The height of Steve Austin. And even The Rock go back and watch that raw where he wins that title. He gets a bigger eruption than Austin did. Like that's, it says something he was, he was able to, to, you know, and then once he had it, he was able to give it to, and rub it off on everybody else. The same thing was Brock. Like Brock knew. Just like Undertaker was willing to pay it forward to Brock. Brock was willing to pay it forward to Cody. Because Cody's going to be their guy for the next twenty years.
0: Yep, and um, and that's that's going back to what we were talking about. It's funny because we get we get on these rants and we get away from what we're talking about. But coming back to it, um, that oh. was as far as the long term storyline t- goes. The long term t- long term storytelling. Roman beat. Cody at WrestleMania, and people were like, Well, that's you know, they acted like that was it. And it's like, No, there's a long game here. And along comes the feud with Brock, which when that started, people were like, Oh, they're just gonna job Cody out to Brock, he's just gonna be Stardust again. Nope, sure didn't. It also added another. And I guarantee you that Cody Rhodes and Triple H and if Vince was involved, I'm sure if Brock was, then he probably was involved. But they're all looking at this from the beginning going, this is this is where we're at. This is where it ends. And everybody's happy.
1: Well, and that was the thing. I think Cody walked in because if Cody had walked in and beat Roman, fans would turn on him in three months. But Cody walked in, lost Roman, and then Cody tore his peck. And then Cody gave you one of the best hell-in-the-cell matches that I've ever seen with one fucking arm and proved to everyone how tough he really is. Uh, You know, that... And just like that with Roan, because we're going to get to the point now, and that's where I said, like... About Paul Heyman, like we're going to see Roman become the fucking nastiest, dirtiest, meanest fucking heel over the next six months. Because by the time we walk into WrestleMania 40, people are ready for Cody to fucking win that title.
0: And then it's going to be time. Cody wins the title. And then it's finally going to be time. Because I think that ultimately, after all of this is said and done, obviously Roman will go away for a minute. And when he comes back, he will finally be the baby face that Vince always told us he is.
1: Well, and here's the
0: thing. At because- the end of the day, that fucking Vince McMahon is
1: always right. <laughs> here's what's going to happen. Mark my words, Nate. Fucking, I'll, I'm saying it right now because as good of, of a babyface that Cody is, the better of a heel he is. And imagine him basically walking in there and being kind of what Roman is now, but like where he defends it every night and nobody can beat it. Becomes the Cody that he was in AEW, imagine if you have, you know, he does dastardly shit, like he beats the shit out of the Usos. Uh oh, here comes the fucking Roman Reigns. The tribal that crowd's gonna come fucking glued.
0: Yep. yep.
1: I mean, it, it, again, pro wrestling's not hard, folks. It's like Raven said. It's like Raven said.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't do I can't do a good Scotty Levy like uh like Chad Austin. Yeah, 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 kid, yeah. Anyway, um Scott Levy, Raven. He said, there are seven storylines in pro wrestling. You can tell them with different people and you can take, you you can approach them from different angles, but there are seven storylines in pro wrestling, you know, fighting over a girl, fighting over a title. We were friends and we broke up, blah, blah. And he's just like, he runs down him, but he's like, there are seven storylines. Wrestling ain't, wrestling ain't hard. He says, you know who his favorite person to wrestle was? Sandman. He's like, all I had to do. All I had to do, all I had to do, was go out and Sandman just bumped around me. Like
1: <laughs> I didn't even have to do anything. Like more of my words, like Dominic Mysterio. This is ending with Ray Rhea beating the shit out of Ray. This is ending with Rhea in, in Judgment. But in some way, like those two are coming back together. But it's just going to be enough for when the fans are going to be. And it's brilliant. But once he does, I he I'm excited to see the crop of talent that we that we have coming up.
0: Absolutely. The future is bright, especially in WWE.
1: I, I hope we see MJF go to WWE. Because mm-hmm. goddamn, can you imagine them behind? Him? I think you're gonna see punk back in WWE. I really do. I
0: everybody winds up back there. It's the NFL. You know, I mean, it's the the, it's it's the NFL of the the WWE is is and I I don't again, I don't try to shit on AEW because the parts of AEW I don't like just like WWE. I just don't watch them anymore. So I hope I always pray for W for AEW to be successful, even if it's not even if at that time for like a month, I haven't even watched it. I don't ever want it to fail because I want the wrestlers to have as many places to work as they can. But it's a pipe dream for anybody to think AEW would ever touch WWE.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if WWE doesn't have a hand in in, in AEW just because it, it's smart. It's, it's creating another place, like you said, for people to go and work. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone talks about Vince like he's a bad guy with Brett. Fucking Vince was like, go make $3 million. Yeah,
0: $3 million, pal. Go do it. Yeah, like... Why wouldn't (laughs) you?
1: Fuck, man. And That's more than I bought this company for. And I'll say this. with, With Vince being pretty much all but gone from WWE, he's told everyone for years that it's bigger than him, bigger than anybody. And I want to say this, I think it's kudos to the man for, I think he realized if he didn't sell it, he was going to kill it. Yeah. I think he he said, I need to get away from me where I don't have any fucking control.
0: And I just want, I just want it to be on record. And it is on record because it's on, it's somewhere where I recorded it. And I think, I mean, I know you were present when I said it. Sometime in the year, I believe it was either 2018 or 2019, I said on this show, the moves that WWE are making in their business, the things that Vince McMahon is doing with his company are all with the intent to sell it. Yep. You saw it for everybody else. Because I've worked for corporations. I've worked for retail companies. I've worked for lots of companies that have merged. You know, GameStop. I watched GameStop go through its evolution. I watched a bunch of record stores go through their evolution. I knew at some point that was his ultimate goal. It was never going to be and he's smart in that he was never just going to pass it to the kids. Because just passing it to the kids... And again, this is the this is where we're talking about, folks. There's wrestling, and it's the wrestling business. From a business standpoint, Shane, well, I don't know how involved Shane is anymore or what his stake is anymore, but anyway, Hunter, Shane, Stephanie, the grandkids, all of them stand to make far more money now than they would have if he would have just given them WWE.
1: Even just that, but like Steph, she can go home and be with her kids. Hunter can do, you know, because they're all gonna get
0: stock in this new company.
1: Oh yeah. and here's the thing: like, it truly is Vince McMahon has made WWE Disney. It's all he ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, I just
0: I just read today that uh triple H isn't gonna be when the when the company and people were like, Oh, they're fucking him. It the, it come out, it came out that when Endeavor and WWE merge. Triple H isn't going to be part of the board of directors. Do you think Triple H gives a shit whether or not he's going to be part of the board of directors of a new company? It's business. He's going to have his stock. He's going to have his shares. He's still going to have his
1: job. Well, and that was the thing that I like. They pretty much, if you read the the, the implement, they were like, "We want you to be in charge of WWE, not in the fucking stock." Because if you ask Hunter, he'll tell you, "I don't want to be there." I don't want to be in the boardroom. Yeah, I'm, he's
0: he's never wanted to be there anyway. He just did it because the family he, needed him and wanted him to do it.
1: He wants Vince's job. He wants to be the guy at Gorilla running it all because that's and Vince saw that in Hunter. Like that's the thing about it. I, I don't know. It, it's it's very interesting, but it's it's very cool to know that it's going to continue on. And I mean, really and truly, like. Endeavor, it's smart. It's very smart. I'm excited to see what changes they're going to make because I think that we might see new platforms for Raw and SmackDown. And and, and you know what? Honestly,
0: um, I know originally that was one thing I was wrong about. I thought that the WWE was going to get purchased, was going to sell themselves to either Fox or NBC just because of the TV thing. But now I look back at it, or I look on it now, and of all the companies that they could have merged with, Endeavor's the perfect choice. Because it's a company that understands, excuse me, understands competitive fighting. Yep. So... It almost feels like you would be it, instead, like if they would have got bought out by Disney, then Disney would have been all about making it into more cartoony, you know. Whereas, as as somebody like Endeavor is going to be looking at it more in the sports realm, and I just and it, it was it's this Vince is a fucking genius.
1: Well, and two, like I said, you bring what who, ladies and gentlemen, we have UFC, we have WWE. It's one one price, and you get both both pay-per-views, all fights, all, you know, premium, it's, it's smart. It's, you know, that's why, that's why Vince is successful. That's why he's been successful ever since, regardless of the man behind the, you know, the force. Um, And that's really the thing too, that I don't know. What do you think I, – I don't want to just end on the but do you think that David Benoit is going to get a fair chance?
0: I think David Benoit <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I think David Benoit is – he will – David Benoit will never work for WWE. He possibly – could get a fair chance in AEW. I just, I think that the WWE just looks at that name as such a stain on their history. And, and it's not fair to him. It's absolutely not fair to him. I'm not saying that it is. I just think that from their standpoint, they just look at it as such a stain on their history that I don't, th- I just don't think that they would, ev- that it's ever going to happen, but he could W or AEW. Definitely.
1: I hope so. I hope, I hope he gets the chance, and that's the other thing about it. Maybe he, and and that's like I tell anybody who is an, an artist or anything that we want to do in life: the cream always rises at to the top. I don't care what what is there to hold you back. If you want it bad enough and you're good enough, they're gonna come calling. You know. Uh, I hope, I hope, because like I said, it's nice to see like the Mysterios and and the Guerrero still in it.
0: Yeah, and I feel bad for him because it's the sins of the fathers thing, you know. It is. It sucks for him to have to pay for the sins of his father.
1: Well, fuck it, too, and it's almost like even with um, Brian Pillman's... He got called up to NXT, you know. Finally, but like, hopefully, the worst thing they could do is is package him as Brian Pillman Jr., the son of Brian Pillman. The you know, let him kind of forge his own path.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before we sign off, because the beer is filling my bladder, there will be <laughs> there will be piss soon from your host. Um, well, I did want to. I did want to end it. Not trying to be depressing, um, but uh, I did want to end because I want to mention it because it's one of my favorite TV shows. It's one of my favorite characters. As we record this evening, um, they have reported on the passing of Johnny Hardwick, um, who played who played Dale Gribble on King of the Hill, um, and. All I can say is, man, Johnny Hardwick, thank you for so many... Thank you for Wingo. I say Wingo like five times a day. Um, cha-cha-cha-cha. I mean, just one of the one of the great characters in comedic history voiced by this guy, and he passed away at the age, I think, 64. Um, very sad news. I am such a
1: King of the Hill guy. And, and that's the thing about it. Like, so we and, and I, I don't know what all he's i'm sure he's done other things too because that's the thing about voice actors man you don't realize just how many characters they do and they they've voiced like i i remember when i found out that fucking luke skywalker was joker yeah <laughs> you know so man that that's sad um i know that they were talking about doing like a a re
0: oh no the the reboot is on the reboot is on it is confirmed i don't know i don't know if he had recorded anything for it yet because i don't know to be honest with you i know that it was greenlit. i know that everybody was everybody that was still alive was coming back obviously britney murphy wasn't because she's passed away since um to do luann but everybody else was back on board um but I don't know how far they got in production, so I don't know where, where where we land with that. But
1: Well, and here's going to be the interesting thing about it. AI, and that's the other interesting thing with this whole Shrek and stuff. We could see AI-generated voice. For yeah, guys. I mean,
0: they, they could probably take everything he ever said as Dale Gribble and put a fucking script together.
1: You can literally... I've seen uh, bots and AI that has written pay-per-views for, for wrestling. They're not bad. They just take everything and concise it. Uh...
0: Look, I've been using it in real estate. Yeah. Like I go to chat GPT, you know, for something and I'm like, all right, I want to say this about this house or this about me as a realtor. And I just type in a few little things I want and then brr, there it is. And I just take out, you know, I take out the stuff that shouldn't be there, like nestled by a creek or whatever, you know. I take that out. But yeah, it's fucking crazy what this shit can do now. I oh. think I think we might be almost over as a
1: civilization. That's the thing. When does it become self-aware, Nate? Well,
0: and that's why that well, and you know, that's part of the 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 uh excuse me, the writers and the screen actors guild. That's one of their biggest things right now why they're why they're striking because they they're saying we have nothing in our contracts nothing in anything addressing the fact that we can literally be replaced by a computer at this point you know you could be like write me a movie about a dog going to space and now you've got a script
1: yep it, it, it's scary because the more we rely on it it's a brave, it's a brave new world I mean I again I, this is a weird conversation but I just happened to see on Reddit today that now we're getting to the point where people are having issues with people taking their photos and making AI nude pictures of them. It, it's, it's a scary world where we're at. Like for me as an artist, you know, it, it's one of those things. If I type in a tattoo of, a, of an anchor, did I draw that or did I have? at the same time, you know, if somebody comes in and says, hey, I want a zombie woman, you know, riding a skateboard, I can get an idea and draw. that That's what I was about
0: to say. It's such a mixed bag of good and bad. The gray area. The technology. It's like on one hand, you're like I just said, oh, that makes me writing up a description of a house or whatever. So much easier. I don't have to sit here for 20 minutes and think of adjectives and blah, blah, blah. But then on the other hand, I'm like. Oh god, the robots are taking over. I don't know what to, you know you
1: don't know what to do. No, and that's the thing. And I don't know, man. I to me anymore I'm just like, eh, well, I guess if it, aliens are real. AI is shit. <laughs> this sucks."
0: The only the only um the only medium that is ever accurate 100%, no matter how long it takes, folks is science fiction science fiction is always right science fiction consistently predicts the future
1: and because you're going off of what we basically are as a human civilization i mean that's you know but well like you said the beer is flowing Um, yes i i just want to end this thing if nothing else um it takes absolutely and costs absolutely nothing to believe in somebody. You throw a fucking stone, you're going to hear why not. So be that person that's like, yeah, man, do it.
0: Absolutely. And if you have, oh, sorry. If you have, if you have, uh, like, for podcasting or, or Kyle as an artist or whatever, if you have a friend that has a business or that is trying something or is doing something, the absolute best thing you can do that the best thing you can do is not to give them money. The best thing. And, and obviously you could give them money if you're supporting their business. But what I'm saying is the best thing you can do is support them. Tell people about them. Um,
1: Let's help each other. You know, yeah. my biggest thing I'm going to tell you, I, we truly are in this together. And until people realize that I don't care what race, religion, sex, whatever it is, we're all the same. We all got bills to pay. We all got, you know, we're just trying to make it through this crazy fucking life. So I'd rather work together and support people. Fuck, it it costs the same, it it takes the same amount of, uh, you know, energy. So that's my thing, man. Just believe in them people, man.
0: Well, Kyle, it's been nice to sit down and have an impromptu conversation with you.
1: Like I said, I'm hoping to be on more. Like I said, hopefully once things kind of settle down a little bit. But, um, yeah, like I said, hopefully we can get together soon, maybe for the Rumble. Yeah, you know, and we – All of us again.
0: We have other we're, – we're, we we're going in other directions with the network now too. The Weekend Wrestle podcast still exists. Reliving the Extreme still, still exists. But we're going into – we're going to start doing more non-wrestling stuff kind of getting ourselves out of the box Um, there's a Sopranos podcast coming to the network
1: I'm excited about that we're going
0: to do a a podcast about the show Justified Um, Kyle and I are going to be working on something uh, as far as a tattoo oriented podcast coming up so lots of things coming up here on the network that I'm very excited about to get us out of the and, and we love wrestling but you can only talk about wrestling
1: so much I'd love to do something with comics. I'd love to do, you know, so that's the thing too. If you have any ideas, like the fans out there, man, you want something you want to listen to. I don't care if you want us to talk about goddamn spoons. If there's enough people that want to know
0: about. Spoons, then so, yeah, so be it. But yep. thank you again, Kyle. Thank you listeners for listening this week's edition of the weekend. Wrestle podcast brought to you by Dale's dead bug. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dale Gribble. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week.